Hello everyone. Today we are joined by Kevin Clark, the one and only Kevin Clark, and also a really, really good friend. So this episode is really, really, really long because of course, when you put me and Kevin in a room, we can talk for hours and specifically about the subjects that we talked about. Um, this was a long time coming. I would say probably two years <laughs> coming and uh, we talked about real shit. So um, I also want to preface this by saying that we ordered throughout the podcast. So that's why there's a, a little tiny break. So before the break, there's like a smooth beginning. We talk about like our beginnings. It's super cute. And then after shit gets real, we talk about everything, everything. And also we give like cute little learnings at the end so be sure to literally stick to the end because i promise you it is really really worth it baby Cass would have loved to listen to this podcast and uh, i'm really really proud that kevin decided to do this podcast with me because i know that kevin a few years ago would would have not have been this vulnerable So I really, really hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. And we're live. (laughs) (laughs) So in case you're wondering who's this beautiful voice, it's... (laughs) Kev, Kev is back! Woo woo! Woo woo! Hey everyone! <laughs> Can I put like a side effect, like a, a noise effect? But you're the editor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, actually, we should use a Thwip by Rafa. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and Sound is Kev is live and back and healthy. And uh, we're both healthy. <laughs> <laughs> And we hope all of our listeners are healthy, which yes, is super important. No COVID. So wait, before starting everything, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, one of the things that I'm still I feel like get, like barely getting used to at this point, like six months into this whole like COVID world, is working from home. Mm. Like that's not something I did before. Like I was always working from the office with like lots of people and also what I do as a manager um, during my my day-to-day is essentially like meet with people all day (laughs) is what I do and so uh, as you can imagine like now having to do that you know sitting in front of a screen all day is like totally a different vibe Um, so but now I feel like I'm starting to get the hang of it and like I've readjusted a little bit like my my calendar and just got over the sort of like hangout or zoom fatigue basically that you get after being in like a bunch of calls back to back yeah that i think for me was like super draining at first um but then i learned like one of the things that that i now do is like in between calls i'll try to like take like a five minutes and go on my balcony which is like not really that big like like going well, outside it's uh, relatively it's like wide big. but pretty narrow for a montreal balcony <laughs> it's it's like bigger than most balconies kind of but 
still relatively small. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so at least I go outside a little bit and, and yeah. that helps. For sure. Um, so do you have tricks? Because I know I've, I've been through this even today. Do you have tricks of like when you're in a Zoom call and you're trying to like put in a word, but like everyone's talking, like, what do you say? Like, I personally raise my hand and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, hi, That's I want to talk. And then people are like, oh, Cass, you wanted to say something. I'm like, actually, yes, yeah. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any tips. Like, I think it's, it's really difficult and it just like ends up so many times, like, Every, it's like, okay, we're going to do a reconstitution of what a call looks like. <laughs> it's like, you join the call, and then both people are, are like looking at each other, and then nobody's <laughs> saying anything. And so you're like, okay, I'll say something. So like, hey, how's it going? And then the person like at the same time is like, hey, how's it going? Then you're like, great. The other person talks at the same time as you. You're like, no, you, wait. Uh, it's yeah. always this like super awkward introduction. And then, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, yeah. no, No, sorry. you go. No, you go. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Oh, wow. So it's a new world. Well, But uh, I want to say congrats on the episodes that you've been putting out for the episode. Thanks. I've been like listening to all of them and like just really enjoyed, especially the last episode. Uh, super fun. So really yeah. like it. <laughs> okay. So I'm super happy you say that because I've been having a lot of feedback of that episode and I was really worried at first because I was kind of stressed out if people would react because we were like in a park and there was a lot of noises I don't know. I didn't mention it, but at the end of the podcast, there's like this kid that kept on like, he had this ball <laughs> and he kept on playing with the ball and you can't really at this point say, shut up, because you're like <laughs> in the park. Uh, but I'm, I didn't have any comments about that. So I'm really happy. And also because I didn't want to do a Zoom call uh, with Izzy and Ariane just because of exactly what we just said mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been as uh, authentic uh, authentic 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 <laughs> whatever authentic no I want to get it right how would you say it I would say authentic authentic but also we are like two francophones basically <laughs> like yeah. trying to trying to wing it so well that's why I'm kind yeah. of deciding still if I want to make like If I want to make the podcast bilingual mm -hmm. or like, please tell me uh, if ever, I don't know. I want, I want feedback on this. Do yeah. you like the bilingual, well, like the, the format of being bilingual or because I feel like it represents Montreal or do we just stick to one language or, but like if we do that, I can't really go to Marseille and talk <laughs> to people in Marseille and they're a part of the design club family. So I'm kind of still dealing with that and looking at what to do. Yeah. Like that, having a community that speaks both languages is very cool. Uh, but I always find it a struggle personally, like, yeah. you know, because I speak French, but a lot of the stuff that I end up doing, I end up defaulting to English. Um, and my thinking there is most people who speak French will also speak English, but a lot of people who speak English, don't actually speak French and so I'm always kind of like wary of making something not accessible to some people yeah. um, because of that but I also know that on the other hand 
we're in Montreal, we're in Quebec, and a lot of people speak French. And like me being the first person, like you know, I grew up all my life speaking French, never spoke English really, mm. um, and only later in my life kind of like learned how to like speak English and stuff. So which is crazy because like, we're because. Uh, when I first met you, I thought you were completely... <laughs> yeah, that's what English. most people say, actually. And I think my guess is part of it is the name. Like, yeah. Kevin Clark sounds very, like, Anglophone. Um, but actually, like, everyone in my family, like, my parents, like, they don't really speak English that mm. much. Um, although my parents have been getting better um, with my boyfriend because my boyfriend speaks English only. Um, so they've been practicing a little bit because of that. But... Uh, but yeah, other than that, like, no, everyone in my family speaks French. Mm. Um, so yeah, common misconception. <laughs> no, I am not. I'm not Anglophone. Uh, I just default to English because that's just easier. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like all the events for Montreal Design Club was bilingual. So that's why my reflex was just to totally. say, oh, let's just yeah. do the same formula and that's it. And I think that's cool too. Like, because I feel like different languages maybe bring different sides of your personality mm-hmm. out. For sure. Like, I don't think I'm exactly the same person in French as I am in English somehow. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's yeah. interesting how languages kind of, like, affect how you think in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's why in December, my in my presentation, I decided to do my presentation in French. Yeah. Just because of of like the topics i was talking about was just better in french mm-hmm. and but and a lot of people were like oh can you like please do the same presentation but in english and i felt like a lot of the words i used and some even i i would use puns that just <laughs> didn't just didn't work in english yeah so, I remember you were doing like the rehearsal and you were you you were like I'm still not sure if I should do it in English and French and so you did like one in French and then one in English mm-hmm. um, and I think it was like Anna who was like no like do it in French she was like I don't understand oh, a yeah. single word you say but it sounds like it sounds like you're so much more confident so much more in it in French that I'd rather like try to try to understand what you're saying then oh. have you sit, do it in English and not be at your maximum. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, you're so cool. right. Like, oh, yeah. thank you, Anna, for that. That's, <laughs> I remember that also. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because I have... Because I've, I, I grew up with my dad that's, like, completely English and my mom's that, that's, like, completely French. I always... Um, the way that I think is always different because when I speak I speak better in French but when I write I write better in English Mm. and so sometimes when I like when I did the presentation I had to I had to literally write it in English and then translate it in French in my mind to be able to do the presentation in French Mm. but you know what what works for anyone is fine so I'm still, like, just looking back, like, thinking about our presentation, like, um, your presentation, like, still stands out as, like, one of my favorite presentations, like, that we've ever done in Montreal Design Club, and obviously, it's, like, you know, I'm saying this in front of you, but I, like, legit mean it, um, and I think part of it for me is, like, I saw, like, the process that you went through to, like, create that talk, and, Mm -hmm. like, 
how like deep inside of you you like you decided to go mm-hmm. to make that talk come together and it was just like so personal and I think that's like to me kind of like what made it such a success is you were kind of like showing everyone like who you really are mm-hmm. and I think that's why it ended up resonating with so many people and just being such a success um, but yeah like it was it was really cool to kind of like see your journey through that mm-hmm. um, and kind of like I think it's it was this interesting shift um, to go from hey we're the people who like announce and present you know all the other speakers to like now having the spotlight directly on you yeah um yeah Yeah. like how do you how do you feel about that kind of like switch um you know what i'm super proud of what ended up being what finally i decided to show because i remember i was so like the imposter syndrome was so strong and this is why I talk about that specific subject <laughs> in my talk. So that was awesome. And uh, like you said, the process, um, I think it was super good because uh, I, I put a lot of my emotional side in the, the presentation. But I think because I had people like you who still could help me organize my emotions in a way where it wasn't all over the place and it was still uh categorized in a way where people couldn't understand my million emotions that are going on um but concerning the 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 event we we were talking about one of the other things that i i saw with your presentation because I, I saw your presentation back in literally last year in August uh-huh. where you were building it. And then, I don't know, when we, when did we go to the chalet last I year? I think Everything in, in is September. I think year. it was in September. And you did your, your like one of your first draft because you were going to do yeah. a presentation in Dublin? Yeah, it was in Dublin. Dublin. So you did the first draft the first drafts of the presentation and so and then you did your your presentation in dublin which you can also see i don't know on youtube or something yeah it is if if people like can find it and maybe we'll find a link and put it in the show notes yeah i'll put it in the show notes i always kind of find it awkward to like rewatch it like i don't know if it's that good in the video but hopefully hopefully if you missed it at our event yeah it'll be in the show notes i'll I'll definitely put it but what was even cooler is that after that presentation oh i'm talking loudly after that presentation then you kind of tweaked it a little Mm -hmm. for montreal design club and it was even better so yeah i agree Every time I, every time you do it, like it always gets better. So of course, because you did it for the second time, well, not the second time, because then you also you also do like your presentation a thousand times to show people <laughs> oh before. But because it was like your second time, and for me it was my first time. Mm-hmm. I think if I would have, if if right now I would present the same presentation, it would probably probably be at like way better than it was before totally yeah yeah yeah. um like those are i think like covers some of my like best tips for doing talks Mm. um that i think i applied like with this talk specifically first is 
share it with as many people as possible like when you're working on it i remember i started working on this talk like during the summer i guess um and every chance i would get to like talk to a designer like i remember like even at the office like i would sit down with someone i'd be like hey like you know they'd be like what are you doing i'm like oh i'm working on on this talk i want to know what you think about it about it like there's like have all these ideas and at the time like they weren't connected at all like there was no storyline there was no nothing but i just like always saw kind of like what resonated with people mm-hmm. and just like sparked kind of a conversation and then i would always like kind of take notes on like the things that came out of it and so the more at least to me like one thing that stresses me out about my talk is actually like i don't want to say anything that's that ends ends up being stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> or like that because it's it's always like the the fine line between talking about stuff that you feel like oh everyone should obviously knows about this right like i don't i don't want to tell people stuff that they already know mm-hmm. um but on the other hand uh if you kind of censor yourself too much you end up not talking about things you should talk about that like mm-hmm. are not obvious that are like unique to you and so it's always that kind of like gauging of like what is interesting versus what is something that's like common that everyone knows mm. um so like run it through like multiple people through any stages and then the second one is make sure that like you actually finish it a long time before or i i say long time but for me because like i was a person who would just like always edit my talk till the very last minute like i'll be in, a, in the audience like right before my talk and i'll still be making changes mm-hmm. that is like such a bad habit that i had um and now i've been like forcing myself to be done with it at least one week before mm-hmm. and for me that's like oh so much time <laughs> mm-hmm. um but that allows me to like kind of put this kind of break in between yeah. what I'm editing and when I'm just rehearsing and like learning the the talk and getting comfortable with it mm. um and it just makes you feel so much more confident about it and just more comfortable um and I would say the last one this is less about kind of like creating the talk or delivering it but something that I see people do is like they'll put all of this effort into a talk like writing a talk like i don't know if people know this but like at least for me it's like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours like at least 40 hours into creating the talk um and the talk is what maybe half an hour after this when i deliver it right well yeah um and so there's such an imbalance between how much time i put into creating it and then like what the end impact that this talk has because like as many people as we have in our events like maybe 100 150 people at most um it's still not that huge in the grand scheme of things so one thing i always tell people is like when you create your talk like definitely like try to find other ways that you can reuse that content like do it more than once like find other ways to share it whether it's a youtube video whether it's like doing another talk whether it's a blog post whether it's a whatever but like those are ways you can increase your impact and your reach without doing much more work like because the talk is already written mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so that's why like in my case i initially wrote this talk for dublin uh for this conference but then i 
also did, gave it at the Montreal Design Club, the totally different audiences. Uh, and then I'm going to be doing this talk again for a new um, conference that was supposed to go to Vienna, actually, in October, but now is obviously remote. Um, so I'll be giving this talk again, but this time, once again, to a different audience. Yeah. Uh, and every time I'm kind of like updating it to make it a little bit more more relevant to like tweak it based on the feedback that I mm. get. Um, so it's totally something that I would recommend. Like there's so many different avenues, maybe even a podcast, you know, like that's also a good way to share your message. Yeah. Um, and it just like lets you leverage the work that you've put in, um, mm -hmm. in more places. And I think I remember last year, uh, you also did a, a talk for, for Shopify or wasn't the, the, The year before that, I remember you were telling me that you were stressed because you had to give your presentation like one week in advance. Yeah. But once you gave it, you were like, you know what? I actually feel better because now totally. there's nothing I can do about it. It's sent. Yep. I can't tweak it. And that's what it is. And that's it. That's all I'll like have to deal with it. Yeah, big time. So, yeah, we're going to take a small little break. And after the break... We'll talk about what happened in... What happened? What happened? Because I know a lot of people have questions of, of what happened after the last event we did uh, in December 2019, um, where we're at, what happened in that year, and um, what are the projects that we're doing now, so... We'll talk after the break. And we're live again. No, you have to see. And we're back. Boom. Said it. <laughs> so... We're gonna get in the real deep shit. Real talk. Real <laughs> talk. <laughs> so, uh, all right, listener, come closer. Come closer. We have we have something to tell you. <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was because I I knew the the baby cast and. <laughs> Maybe the baby cat. I like the idea of baby cat. I know. <laughs> she was so cute and like she didn't know what was what, what was going to happen. So that's why I'm like, uh, you know, I would have liked to tell her like I don't know. It's kind of like your 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 young kid, you kind of like mm -hmm. want to tell them like, "Oh, this is what could happen if you do this." <laughs> And so. she probably wouldn't have listened to you anyways. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> she would have been like, eh, whatever. <laughs> okay, S small sidetrack. It's so funny because my brother is now, I think, <laughs> I don't want to mess this up. I think he's 20. My older brother, because I have two I brothers. <laughs> I think he's 20. I think he's going to be 21 in November, I think. Um, and he's kind of like... He's going to hate me for saying this, but he's kind of like in this phase of I know everything and everyone else doesn't know anything. Like mm. I, w I was in that phase when I was uh, younger. Mm -hmm. So do you know when this phase ends? 
Because I also feel like I went through this, but I don't. I it's hard to pinpoint like when does it end. Do you think it's a, like an age thing or mm. like what kind of? So of course, uh, I don't know. To be honest, um, I think you go. I think your whole twenties <laughs> is just full of of different. Okay, so we're still in it. We're still in it. So we never know. I might end up like, like maybe in a year from now, I'll listen to this podcast and be like, what were you talking about? You had no idea. Yeah, probably. So we were talking about uh, stuff you would say to your younger self. So I think like one of the, the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is sort of kind of like reflect back on the past few months and then obviously tons of stuff have happened with regards to covid and like as people who organize events that's kind of a big deal in our lives um but i think even before that um for us we knew that we had to make some changes with like how we think about this event and like how like how big of a part it is in both of our lives because i think we've poured like our heart and soul into Montreal Design Club like every waking moment uh, <laughs> last year um, and so I guess like where I'd like to start is kind of like maybe like let's sort of like rewind back mm -hmm. to where we were maybe in so, December not even I think um, I think even uh, we could talk about Like, why did you start Montreal Design Club at the beginning? And what was your reason behind mm. that? Yeah, so, okay. So, rewind way back. Yeah. Uh, we did talk about some of that stuff in the first episode. So, I won't go over, like, everything in super detail. But just give you the TLDR. So, basically... What's TLDR? Sorry. Uh, too long didn't read. Oh. <laughs> okay. But I guess it, in this case is too long didn't listen yeah tldl <laughs> um so um it was many years ago forever ago um like literally feels like a lifetime ago now like especially like i think back to like december and it feels like another era yeah imagine back then um so I have never studied for design in my life. I've always been like what you consider as self-taught, even though I find the word self-taught to be kind of silly because it's like, I didn't just like sit around all day and just, <laughs> just like magically teach myself. Like I was still taught by other people, just not in the classroom context. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I learned design through like watching YouTube videos and reading articles and like a lot of trial and error. Um, and from other people, I, probably Shopify. And... Oh, but this was like way before Shopify. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like way, way, way before Shopify. Obviously, you've learned, like, continued to grow and learn tons of stuff over the years. But um, like, that's kind of like my origin story, like Baby Kev, let's say. Okay. Uh, so Baby Kev is just like passionate about design and just learn how to make websites, and it's just like kind of like figuring stuff out on his own. Um, and then, um, you know, I did some freelance projects here and there, small things, and then like bigger and bigger projects. And, um, up until a point where, um, 
I got hired at Shopify, and this is like kind of a fun story. I don't know if we've told it before, yeah, but we did. we did it last time. Okay. Um, so anyways, but skip that. Go listen to that episode. Um, and so when I joined Shopify, I was actually the first designer in the Montreal office. And one of the reasons why I wanted to join a company rather than doing freelance is that I was so kind of lonely doing freelance i was by myself like always even when i worked with other team with other people i was the only designer on the team always um and i kind of wanted to be surrounded by like other people that kind of share the same passion as me and had like could challenge me and i could learn from and i could grow um and so that's that was kind of my mindset when i joined shopify but I kind of like didn't fully think everything through because I ended up being the first designer in the office, which meant I was kind of like by myself surrounded by developers, uh, which ended up being like really fun in its own way. But it sort of like didn't scratch the itch I had to be surrounded by other designers. And because I didn't go to school, I didn't know anybody. I literally did not know a single other designer at the time. Mm. Um, and so that's where I was kind of like, okay, like surely there are other people like me around here. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking about it with a few people and then like someone just like, was like, why don't you do, try to like, like organize something, put it on meetup.com and just make it happen. Um, Which is now Dribble. Well, no. So meetup, meetup.com is like a website that still exists. You can like create these communities uh, and do these meetups. Um But then, like, yeah, at the time, like, dribble meetups were a big thing. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not really known at all anywhere. I was, like, pretty into dribble at the time. And so I was like, yeah, we could do, like, dribble meetup. And then that will, like, give us kind of, like, some visibility in a way. Um, so started organizing that. And my goal really was to just meet other folks that were interested by the same things and see what was going on out there in the design community. Um, and then that was like biggest surprise to me. It was that anyone showed up <laughs> and at the time it was like five people and it was like incredible to me. Like that was like, I was so excited to get to meet these people. Um, and many of them that I'm like really good friends with now, which is like mm. super cool. Um, but then it like, grew from there over time and then uh in the first few years i i would do maybe like two or three meetups a year um and i didn't really have any sort of schedule to them i would just kind of like do one every once in a while and people would always tell me like oh this event was so awesome like so cool when's the next one and i'd be like eh, i don't know <laughs> like some at some point um And that was it. And so, and then after a while, I'd be like, okay, like, all right, like now I feel like doing another event. So then I would like go and like find some speakers and organize that. Uh, and so eventually the Dribble Meetup um, evolved into what we now know as the Design Club. And the idea b- behind the ni- name change was really just to like fully own the format and be able to do more than Dribble. Like a problem with Dribble is people would always ask me like, oh, I don't really have a Dribble account. Like, can I still come? Like, what's the... And I always say like, yeah, of course, of course. But it kind of made it feel like exclusionary, I think. And it was very cent- like focused around like web design, I guess, and yeah. less accessible to other types of design. Um, so that's why I felt like the, the Montreal design brand 
felt a lot better than than dribble meetup so wait when you started your first event because you were kind of self-taught like did you did you ever feel like the imposter syndrome of like okay i'm meeting people that are way more experienced than me am i gonna have something to say or like how was your process of just meeting people like that huh yeah i mean so this is kind of interesting actually because at that point i had just joined shopify which in a sense gave me some credibility um But on the other hand, I had just joined Shopify, and so I was feeling like intense imposter syndrome from that, actually, because um, I just saw like everyone else at Shopify being like just so incredibly talented at what they did that like I, I swear to God, like for the first few months, I was like, I thought I would get fired like any day. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're they're gonna figure out that I'm not as good as everyone else, like <laughs> you know, and they're gonna fire me for sure, you know. I like. Every day I would think that. How you know? much time did it take until you were like, oh yeah, they're gonna keep me forever? Oh, or... it took like months. Like I think it took me like a good like three months before I felt like, okay, it seems <laughs> seems like it's it's gonna work, you know. <laughs> um, so. So your first event. Was... I almost feel like I was already at peak imposter syndrome in a sense there, so that like. I couldn't go more imposter than what I was already. And so doing the event was just kind of like, I was not, I didn't feel like I had to prove anything. perform or prove anything. I was more like, in my mind, I was at the bottom of whatever kind of like ladder you can think of. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, I want to learn from all of you guys. Like I barely don't know anything i've just started this like i'm just like new here in montreal like i want to know everything like how you do things um so that really i think allowed me to just like approach it with like zero ego and just be like hey like i'm just like so curious about what you do and like what you do is super cool and i just want to find out more Mm -hmm. um so yeah it ended up and it was super casual at first like no speakers no nothing like it was just like you know just meet up yeah um So until like like you said, you decided to just change it from dribble to Montreal Design Club just to so people know that it's not related to dribble and it's really yeah. like its own thing. And I wanted to do more than what the dribble meetups were. Yeah, because um, I just I've always so for me I've like going back to the whole like self thought thing. Um, I've always learned a lot from people doing talks, like, and I would watch the videos on YouTube, which is, like, one thing that people don't, maybe don't always realize, like, conferences are are super expensive, but you can actually get, like, a lot of free content by just watching the talks online after, mm-hmm. and most conferences do post the talks online, um, so that's what I would do, um, and so for me, it was kind of, like, always something that admired like people who would like get up on stage and share their knowledge because that's literally how I learned everything and so in a way like not that I felt at the time that I had anything like super unique to say um but I felt like I wanted to create that space for other people and I wanted to learn from them for sure um and I just felt like you know all all the people I looked up to were people that weren't in Montreal Right. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know any like who are the like cool, interesting people here. And so by creating that space, then 
would allow me to find out about those people and if it helped other people also like know about all the cool stuff that's happening here um then that's even bonus was there any other events that were going on at that time so at that time i think the only other big event was creative mornings Mm. um and like at the time like steve uh was was like hosting it and uh not the one you know (laughs) uh, steve besonet and uh he was just like super great like i don't know if i like he would have considered like being a mentor to me at that time or anything but like i definitely took a lot from his leadership of that meeting uh, or that meetup because he was so kind and like welcomed everyone with open arms and like you know would answer any questions and was just like so such a great like community person and like definitely like a champion of like everyone who was doing anything in the design community at the time Mm -hmm. um so yeah like that was but like they were focused on like creativity at a very broad level like they were not very specific to design in a Mm -hmm. sense like i I was more interested in, like, really learning how people do design, whereas, like, what they were doing is, like, super awesome, but kind of, like, on a different level. But wasn't, like, Max Kaplan doing Dynamic Montreal at the same time? Or uh, so that came later. Okay. Yeah, after I started the Montreal Design Club. Or after I started Dribble Meetup, actually, but maybe around the same time as Design Club. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to tell. Mm. Like I'm getting the. It was so long ago. Yeah, like some of these details are blurry, but mm-hmm. like regardless, like even like Max and Alex and like all these people who did um, a dynamic, like also super nice people and like just like that's one thing that I've learned from the Montreal community is it's so tight knit and everyone at least like everyone i've met has been super super nice and like wanting to like share tips and share ideas and like we just all kind of like encouraged one another and like respected Mm. one another um so yeah anyways i'm trying to make this like a short story but (laughs) i actually ended up spending a a long time (laughs) on it but i think like a key moment in montreal design club history is when I actually decided to switch from being like a, oh, I'm doing an event like whenever to, all right, now actually I want to like create a structure around this. And I set myself a challenge of creating one event every month. Um, So going from like three events a year to 12 Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, was like a huge deal for me. And I knew that I couldn't just do things the way that I did them before. So what I did before, what I used to do is I would be like, all right, like, okay, I'm going to do an event for this date. And then I would like email like two people and I'd be like, hey, do you guys want to do do a talk? And then I'd wait, 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 wait. And then like one person would reply that like, and then I would hear back from the other one. So then I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll try to email someone else. And then like, it was just like this really like slow process because I was organizing like literally just a single event at a time um and so now that I was planning on doing one a month I actually like decided to go and reach out to a whole bunch of people at the same time and be like hey are you interested in doing a talk period and if they said yes and like we would talk through their their topic um 
but then we would find a date for them yeah. uh, no matter when it was in the calendar and it removed a lot of the uncertainty of like not really knowing like oh is it going to be available is the room going to be available how's it going to work like when blah 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 now i knew well my event is always the first thursday of the month yeah that's it like that's when it happens so i can book it like a year ahead of time and like have all my dates in the calendar mm-hmm. um but I, i very quickly realized like how much work this was yeah and that's when i was like okay i need some people to help me but it was like hard to find the right people and i think it's like until i i met you that i like really felt like okay like Cass is like someone that I like really connect with and that like just immediately kind of like felt like true to Montreal Design Club like yeah um and so very quickly I was like Cass like you need to come on board and at the time I was like I think you're like like chief brand officer or something I forget how I like we phrased it brand ambassador brand ambassador there we go yeah (laughs) I, I also think because we were kind of in the same mindset of um, we want to change the world mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and I, I kind of went through the same um, kind of, of mindset where I, I was in, I was coming out of school and um, I wanted to meet people who didn't just want a nine-to-five job and who actually wanted to make a difference in the design community in the world and I was really interested in in finding um and finding um leave it in um But yeah, so I was I was really interested in in finding people who actually wanted to like talk about design for a long period of time because I was really passionate at, at that time and and so I think when I met you it was like okay, well he like actually wants to spend time on his career and we were both like career driven, so it was like the kind of like the perfect timing where I was like okay this person kind of wants the same thing as me and is not looking for like a, a like a normal life so let's go but I think <laughs> what happened is that where we I thrive on on your response for like okay if I'm down and then you're super excited about a project you'll tell me like okay let's do this meeting and then i'll be like oh i really don't want to but okay he'll motivate me like once i get there it'll be fine and then Mm -hmm. we can do it and then if you were a little more down i would like bring you up and we would kind of like help each other to to get motivated if we weren't like in the right space or Mm. if we were like a little tired and things like that yeah and just to give people a sense of like what it was i think like at the height of all of this it was basically like we were spending almost like every night together we were we would like have meetings with people until like you know eight or nine and then we would like you know order takeout or something like that and then like brainstorm ideas and like you know organize stuff like you know until very late yeah. um until, almost every day every week you know it was a huge yeah. part of our lives i think we saw each other every single week last last yeah, year totally. in 2019 
And, um, but you know what? It was passion. So we were super, super passionate about what we were doing. We were actually, we actually wanted to make a difference. And I think even when we weren't like super, even when it was like way too much, then we would get to the event and we would understand why we put mm. so much effort into this. Because mm. then we would get out of the event feeling so happy about everything. Do you have an example of like, times when you felt like it was too much um i have a couple but i think the first one that came to mind was um two years ago when we did uh so two decembers ago mm-hmm. <laughs> when it was the i think one of the first times where we decided to get out of shopify like the because normally normally we would just do the event in the Shopify space, but then people would think that Montreal Design Club is made by Shopify. And so like Shopify was still sponsoring our events, but we just wanted to make sure that like, kind of like Dribble, like people yeah. knew that it was a separate thing. So we decided to do for the first time an event outside of the Shopify space. And we did it in a decade, the decade building, which now, isn't like there's not there's there isn't owned by the same people like everyone mm. knows they're left uh but it was such a nice space and i remember um <laughs> just taking care of all that event we had to you know we didn't realize everything that we needed for an event like chairs yeah. like a projector like it was our first coat hangers space as well too, oh yeah right and at, at the time i believe our event was still free it was still free because we didn't have uh we weren't a company yet yeah so we couldn't have um uh we couldn't have um a, a, a alcohol uh, permit that yeah. was so anyways it was it was a little complicated yeah and i think for me those like that one and like a lot of the other ones that we did um like the biggest challenge with those was a lot of like uncertainty Mm -hmm. like doing an event in a space like this is like okay how are we gonna get chairs okay now we need to like call a bunch of companies when are they gonna get delivered okay they're gonna get delivered the day before how do we get someone there like there's just like so many things that we have to like think about and plan and like just organize yeah that to me it's like it was less about the amount of work it was more about the stress and the pressure of like oh my god how are we gonna make all this happen yeah Um, and also it was the event where about 400 people checked in yeah on the event page was like oh yeah we're coming and we were like, holy shit, is there going to be 400 people in this space? Is it going to be okay? Like, of course, like, if, if, if every, I don't know if everyone knows this, but like, it's not because you say that you're coming to an event that you're going to go to the event. So, of course, we always had like a buffer and we always knew that, mm-hmm. like, even though those 200 people that said they wanted to come to the Facebook event, um, of course, there wasn't 200 people that, that came. So for us, it was like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, there's not going to be as much people until I remember we were in in the event. Everyone was there. There's so many people. 
And I remember just before the first speaker went on stage, I was kind of like, wait a second, this is <laughs> happening. Wow, we made it after everything yeah. we went through to make sure everything was perfect. It was basically the feeling of like, we barely landed this plane. And like, everyone's like so excited. Like everything went great. Like nobody noticed anything, but we were like, oh my goodness. Like we could have crashed this plane so bad. Like I even remember like we realized last minute that we didn't have any uh, coat racks or coat hangers. So like we actually had to like take the ones from Shopify and like disassemble them and like take these these huge garbage bags and like put all the you yeah. know all the hooks in there and then like bring them and then we had to like take them back so that like the next yeah. day with that it's but like we, we took them back even after the event so it was like two yeah, o'clock yeah. in the morning and we're like putting back hangers yeah, shopify needed them for the next morning oh my so god so it's just like so we were like okay let's go ahead, quick quick and then i remember the next day I had the van with like everything. Oh yeah, because so, we rented like a mic and some speakers and oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah, so I had to bring that back and uh, I had at that time I had a, a job where I told them I was sick <laughs> because oh and I, was, I, I kept <laughs> on like I kept on like trying to to find time to do this and even you like yeah. it was so you were so lucky because I think it was hack days. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took like a day off yeah. <laughs> to take care of all that stuff. So we really tried our best yeah. to make things happen. Um, yeah, like I think also like some other events, um, the one we did, I think that was before your time actually, but maybe your first event you came to, no, or the second um, that we were outside at yes. Station FMF. That was my third. Okay, so like... What a lot of people don't know is like when we arrive on site, this was like literally the hottest day of the summer. It was like over 35 degrees outside. And the way this um, event space works is they have a power generator. And because it was so hot, the power generators were overheating and like <laughs> were like close to catching on fire. And so like it just like shut down like right before the event as everyone was coming in. And so I get, you know, the, the person who like is the founder of the space pulls me over and it's like, hey, don't freak out, but there's literally no power right now. So like no slides, no speakers, no nothing. So it's like, oh my God, okay. So then we had to like, you know, create a plan B for like, what are, are we going to do? Like I'm going to take my laptop and then we're going to have these different screens we can pass them around we're like i need to like tell the speaker and like work with them um and thankfully like sarah is just like such a pro um just the, like the best speaker um but and one uh, of the best designers totally yeah please go check out wedge oh my god their stuff I, I think i could do an entire podcast just about how much i love their stuff yes I, I told her the other day it was like all my favorite brands in montreal are like are designed by them mm. um but uh but ultimately we were able to like restore power until like at the last minute like right before the event but then th like through the event like the there was a lot of wind and so yeah. the tv was like shaking so like Super i was holding wobbly. the tv like on the side so it would fall um And then uh, the event that we had with um, Nouvelle Vague. 
Oh my god. That was also god. a crazy one because we were also doing outside. Whenever you're doing stuff outside, it's like, who knows what's the weather gonna be like i remember waking up that morning to like lots of text messages of people saying like hey is it still gonna gonna go on because there's like there might be some rain that well, i was just like oh no even i, don't I that. during that day i remember i i had to text my brother to come and help me because i didn't know how is how i was gonna do it all alone because i had to go to lozo because we rented some things and then I had to bring back everything and, and, and also for the chairs, we had to find chairs last minute and that costs yeah. a lot of money. And and like the yeah. projector, initially my idea was to take a projector from Shopify and put it there. And so we like re actually removed one of the projectors from one of the meeting rooms. And then when we tried it, um, it was not powerful enough because it was like an indoor projector. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you literally couldn't see anything on the screen. So, like, crap. And then, like, you kind of found a, a solution kind of last minute. This, like, industrial-grade like, projector for outside. Yeah. Uh, and then we ordered this, like, crappy screen on Amazon <laughs> that, like, wouldn't hold up together. Yeah. And so we had to, like, hold it on the side. Oh, oh my uh, another thing I have to say Because of Montreal Design Club, for a while, we had to actually make space in our house for Montreal Design Club things. Oh so God. that specific uh, PowerPoint thing <sighs> I had to be like in my wardrobe. Where is it? What I, to it? It's still... It's still somewhere in my apartment. <laughs> oh my god, really? I don't think I, I threw it. Oh, maybe I did throw it away. Because I think at the end it was just so broken. Yeah. It was awful. Like it didn't, it didn't really uh, it stand quality. up. Yeah. And then also, we every time we had sponsors. So for we had a lot of, of uh, sponsors from Peroni Beer. And, uh, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> And um, I remember they would only they would sponsor us for a couple events, but we had to go get them at the 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 garage, and then they would give us like three months worth of of beer. So we had to store it somewhere. So we would always store it in in Kev's garage, like. Well, yeah. So at first, at first I was like a little bit wary of because it's like a you know just like a parking garage like, of, of like a big building yeah building. and so i had like rows and rows of like beer in my uh, in my bedroom <laughs> just had like this wall <laughs> of beer um and then at one point i was just like okay look this is getting a little crazy and i think at that time like they sponsored like more than three events like it was just like oh yeah so much Uh, and then like, we couldn't store it at at Shopify either because no. it's kind of complicated. And yeah, um, and also Shopify like had their own beers, and it was like, yeah, it got a little complicated because they didn't want to like mix them up. And anyways, um, so yeah, so basically, I decided, okay, I'm gonna like find a way to store them in my parking garage. So I like put this like huge blanket that I like tied around all the beers so that <laughs> people wouldn't see it and wouldn't steal it um and so like for months like I just had that and it would like slowly go down in quantities <laughs> as we would do events yeah um and then we also had like our monthly our monthly shop at like at the the nearest SAQ and yeah. we would have fun though to choose like all the 
the the the wine because it was always like okay can we find a bottle of wine that has like a nice label on it yeah. and and uh yeah i really i really like that part though <laughs> yeah i mean looking back like all of these things like it are, are enjoyable like i'm glad we did them like all sorts of crazy things like it's it just like ended up being i think the result of it has been was awesome like i yeah. l- love these memories and i think everyone really liked it and i think it brought something that we didn't have at shopify um so like for like what it was i think like really helped me stay excited i think about the project like to like create something different and I think that's both of us are kind of like that like we can't just do the same thing over and over again we always like coming up with new ideas and doing more crazy things but then the further we would go in doing these crazy things the more work it would require from both of us and like we've had other people like tested so much work with us and Derek too and like we've had we're lucky to have a lot of people yeah that believed in the same mission as we were and like volunteered a lot of their time and their energy to help us out yeah um but i think a lot of things like at the end of the day ended up being like me and you um yeah and it was a lot i think it was like to be totally honest like it was a lot to like put on two people's shoulders and also we're we're two extremely perfectionist people (laughs) So that makes it even harder because we want to make sure everything is perfect. Yeah. And like, of course, I'm super happy that we both have like the same taste because (laughs) that would have been really hard. Uh, But we both had like, uh, you know, the, the same the same passion for for not only doing events and inspiring people in the community, but also we wanted to show that we you know we wanted our events to show also the the design part of it and and so we always thought like okay well if we do events about design we have to show our design skills and make sure it's nice and make sure everything is cool so even in our instagram we worked extremely hard to make sure and you know like we were we both had full-time jobs and uh we still do but (laughs) um i I had to like take you know during my 15 minute break i would post a post on instagram Mm -hmm. and and try to find like different ways to attract people for events because like during low months it was stressful sometimes because we're like okay we're investing money in this is there like are we still gonna have people come in and <laughs> that was always it, my oh, thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i always thought like what if only two people show up yeah um and even like when the events would start i would always be like that's not a lot of people that's not a lot of people that's not a lot of people and then at some point it would switch to oh my god there's so many people i hope we have enough food i have, <laughs> I have enough beer and stuff <laughs> so i was always worried like no matter what like yeah. either there are too few people or too many people or like it was always mm-hmm. like something at the back of my mind to like worry about yeah. um actually that just made me think do you remember the one event where we couldn't get our alcohol license oh, and i think i've never I'm, I'll, I'll try to be quick about this but uh i've never we never talked about why no, yeah. we had to do this and also 
the whole situation that happened. Remember? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh my god. I think I feel like it's been long enough that like I think we we, we can, can talk, talk about, about it. it. Okay. Um, so, well, do you want to say or do I say it? Okay. So basically, the the way you do things is like if you're doing a big event, you need to apply for an alcohol license. Yes. And um, you have to do it in advance. You also. have, to, yeah, you have to do it at least uh, how long? Twenty days before. Yeah, twenty days before. Otherwise, you literally have to go to like that place that's in um, the, the Palais de Justice. Justice because you can't even select it on the website. No, yeah, exactly. So you have to go to Palais de Justice. And I remember, like, you go through, you have to go through, like, the metal detectors and everything. And then you take the elevator all the way up. And then they make you sign, like, literally, like, a piece of paper that says, like, I promise I will never be late again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I've done once. Um, But anyways, um, this was, like, right kind of, like, a few events after we started charging for the events. And the first few times, actually... Um, I was able to like submit the request because the thing one thing we didn't know is you can't actually get a alcohol license if you are a business. Um, well, there's three types of alcohol license. Right. There's one that's like a small, uh, re- like a small reunion of people. Yeah. So it's like a family event. Family, family event, gathering. and then uh, and then there's when you're. A big when you're a real company, so like when you're um, a ink company um, incorporated, then you would have to be either a restaurant or a bar, or you really have to apply for like right. a long time, long term, a long term license, or you uh, you you're an, a nonprofit yeah. organization, or I think co-ops work too. Um, and then you can get an alcohol permit for one day, one specific day. Um, so, so, but the first few months I was able to like, actually, like I just emailed them and like, I was like, well, we're kind of an organization, but also not really, but kind of, and then they like still gave us the license except that one time, like, (laughs) I don't know, we got like someone who was like a stickler for like precision but didn't a woman call you yeah yeah yeah. so i'll tell the story so i was like yeah like kind of like my same spiel like oh we're sort of an organization but like we don't really have anything like we're not really a business we're not really like we're just kind of a gathering like semi-official you know just people a gathering of 150 people and then uh she was like no uh, you have like you have to be a business, so you need to send us well, your no, like or a nonprofit. Sorry, uh, so you need to send us your nonprofit number. Uh, otherwise, you're not allowed. Uh, which is and so really like, hard to get, by yeah, the way. Like, which takes forever to get, and so we started looking into that, but we're like, no, there's definitely not enough time to make that happen. And I think we we actually like submitted the request at that point. We did hoping that like we would get it in time yeah because the last one we got it so we were like oh you know what we're gonna we're gonna do the exact same thing like we did the way before you know fake it until you make it yeah like just do it and then (laughs) we'll deal with it the next event yeah and so she sent us this email we're like fuck we don't have it and so we're just like kind of like not sure what's gonna happen and then uh, like I think it was the day before. Oh no, the, the same day, day of, of the event. I was at work. Um, 
I got like a legit phone call from. While you were in a meeting, I think. I, yeah, like while I was in a meeting from this person. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, um, I'm calling from whatever the alcohol is from the government. Yeah. I just want to tell you, you're, you don't have the right to serve alcohol at this event. And I've notified the police to come and pay you a visit to make sure that you're not going to have any alcohol yeah. on site. Meanwhile, we have a sponsorship with Peroni <laughs> Beer. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we saw the email. Like, we never plan on having uh, having any alcohol. Like, that's totally fine. Like, thank you very much. Like, no worries. Nothing, nothing to worry about here. <laughs> like, you know, it's all be fine. And then a I was, like, freaking out. to me. I call Cass and I'm like, oh my god, Cass, we have people showing up in like, I don't know, like four two hours, hours or yeah. four hours. I was like, holy shit, what are we gonna do? So. And then like, super Cass, like, this is like, <laughs> and I think that's something that I've seen in so many times, like with Montreal Design Club, and it's just like, I think a superpower you have of just like being able to take a, a situation where like, fuck, what are we going to do? And they're like, no, 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 we're going to find a solution. Like, I'll figure it out and, like, actually make it happen in a way that, like, like personally, like, caused me so much anxiety, like, having this thing. And I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. Like, I can't. Like, we just can't. And you'd always be like, no, 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 we'll find a way. Yeah. And so what did you do? So I was at work and uh, I decided to call my dad <laughs> as you do in emergencies as i do in emergencies <laughs> and uh also i just have to give a little shout out to my super dad because <laughs> at that time well to, again today too but um at that time i didn't really i didn't have a car or anything um so i call my dad and i'm like okay this is the situation I'm trying not to panic because Kevin is panicking. And if we're both panicking, it's not going to help. So what do we do? And so I'm like, we need some kind. We need something. Yeah. And I literally and saw myself like being arrested. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. like the image I had in my mind. Like, oh my goodness, yeah, what's going to happen? Like such an intense, like she was so in intense in, in like her call. So yeah, anyways, yeah. I'm like, okay, you know what? fuck it I'm gonna call my dad so then my dad's like okay what are we gonna do and I'm like you know what let's go to Costco and let's buy uh like a, a tons of soft drink so whatever soft drink we can find we'll do that and we'll hide the alcohol uh so I think you even like brought the alcohol at your house or something we we tried to like hide it as much as possible but that wasn't the only thing though because like at Shopify like Shopify just has beer yes yeah um that like belongs to Shopify and so I was like but wait a minute if a police officer like she specifically told me like we cannot see any alcohol yeah um, if she sees the Shopify but alcohol. yeah I was like if they see that Shopify has beer on site even though we you know nobody's drinking it but it's yeah. there I was like am I gonna get a fine yeah. am I gonna go to jail exactly. <laughs> you know? and so I print I put like pieces of paper like in front of like the fridge windows and like yeah. made sure to like hide any trace of alcohol and there were also some people having like 
you know, a beer in the office right before the event. I was like, we need to put everything away. Yeah, like, you know, exactly. hide everything. I, we cannot see any yeah. alcohol. So then I go to Costco with my dad. Now it's like three hours before <sighs> the event. I've left to work early, tried to like come up with some excuse to leave. And then we go to, we go to Costco and I buy on my credit card $400 of soft drink <laughs> and just, I don't care at this point. And we just go to quickly as possible to Shopify and we felt bad for people who bought tickets. So we mm. offered like, I think, what was it? A free ticket for the next event or yeah. something. Um, meanwhile, I just bought $400 of soft drink <laughs> yeah. and we're offering free tickets to people. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, oh my God, what it, like, are people going to be mad? Are they going to come back? Yeah, so we're so worried then, So then finally, everything was fine. And yeah. then, so I bought like a whole bunch of things. I come, my, my dad comes in, we bring all the soft drinks and the event starts and everything is fine until... Uh, I find out there's one of the, the volunteers that come to see me. He's like, hey, Cass, uh, just wanted to let you know this woman came in and she didn't have a ticket. And uh, she said that she was here to check on something and she she went in the back so in my mind i'm going crazy i'm like oh my god and then at the same exact time i see you you're you're talking to someone else and you're like in your head you're like oh thank god this is all like done with we can move on to the event and i'm meanwhile i'm freaking out because i know there's this woman in the back and then there's this guy that come in at the exact same thing at the exact exact same time and uh, he's like oh my wife is in the back i'm looking for something ta-da. and then he's like oh i'm just gonna go to the bathroom and finally he runs to the back and he goes into the kitchen because there's like the kitchen in the back of shopify yeah. And he's trying to look. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Did Kevin do his job and like hide the, the alcohol? Is he going to find alcohol? Are we going to go to jail? <laughs> and so I go in the back and I, I go into like businesswoman cast mode. So I go in the back and I go see the woman and I'm like, hey, you didn't pay for your ticket. So you need to get out. And she's she's literally eating our food she didn't even like she didn't even do anything and then they're they're, they're like i see the guy that's looking everywhere to find something and i feel like it was probably for to to make sure that the alcohol was fine so finally i i make sure like they get out of the event Uh. and i told like everyone at like all the volunteers at the entrance like don't let the these people in and like (laughs) everything and then finally we continued the event and then at the end of the event you're, I'm like, Kevin, did you see those two people? He's like, no. Like, no, what are you talking about? I, I, have no, I have no idea. I'm like, oh my God. So, But we were fine. Like, we didn't have any we alcohol. Didn't. We were like, you know, following we the letter of the law. You know? <laughs> like good citizens. And like, after that, we, we did get like our nonprofit um, which license. is a whole other story we can talk yeah. about. That I think maybe take... maybe a more boring story, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was cool for us and kind of like really aligned with our values and just 
made it so that the whole enterprise was maybe a little bit more more legal (laughs) um but yeah like those are all like so many of these things would happen in events and i hope like nobody noticed (laughs) was basically like what we wanted is like everyone's having a good time and like i'm glad in that event like we kind of like explained it a little bit and we gave people a free ticket like to me that's the montreal design club way like it's we want to give people an experience a good experience above all and if we fuck up in something then that's our fault but like we'll never give people a worse experience yeah without kind of like making up for it and i even remember when we started charging money we were so stressed about it that we decided to like give back Remember, we would yeah. like give back our money to, to Which like is still something like with, that I wanted to do, keep doing. You know? Yeah, it was still a super good thing until we realized that if we want to continue doing events, we actually need the money yeah. to actually reinvest into the events. So we learned through the process of doing all of that, and and like I learned how to manage like the the revenue, uh, the the Canada site and all of that, and Revenue yeah. Quebec, and so. Like turn into like an actual business, except it wasn't really making any money. Exactly. <laughs> like all the money we would get, like basically go back into into the events. Yeah. Um, and we like if if we would have counted the amounts of of hours we we would have we would have put in that we we could have never like paid each other. Oh yeah, forget the it. Like we of hours. like you and I like never touched a cent no. of the, the money we got through Montreal Design Club. Like, Still to this day. Yeah, you know. Don't. And like, you know, for me it's obviously like we're a nonprofit, so like we couldn't, but like um well, we but anyways, could, like we but... could get like a salary, you know, mm-hmm. like if I do literally anything else, like I would get paid, but Man, like, I spent so, and you too, like, we spent so many hours in Montreal Design Club. And I was like, yeah, no, like, we literally cannot afford to pay ourselves anything. No. Um, So, it was, like, really a labor of love. Exactly. So then we we continued to do one event per month, which is kind of crazy because if you think about it, we finished doing the event and we're like, oh thank god the event is is done and then the day after we're like okay let's find the next one and we had like no no time to just rest and appreciate the event that we were doing yeah and we looked at it like it took us two months to prepare one event yeah so we had to be like pretty far ahead of time to like just make sure that everything would happen and fall together and even like even just stuff like volunteers, which like again were like all super amazing, but it was like we need to make sure that we have enough volunteers every time, and so like communicating with volunteers, making sure that things are there, making sure we have sponsors. What if we lose a sponsor? Like all of a sudden we have no beer. Where do we get that? Like there's mm-hmm. like all of these kind of like logistics, sort of boring stuff um, that was layered on top of like what do we want to say. Yeah. Um, as a community, like we wanted to feature diverse people with like interesting stories, interesting background. Like another one of my favorite talks ever was uh, William Alexandre, who like <gasps> was like you know yeah. like a s- extremely talented uh, designer um, who's like also happens to be super young now, getting older of course, but um, and just like kind of giving his very first talk in Montreal Design Club. Like 
that was also a big highlight for me of just making Montreal Design Club a platform that like people that are newer to the industry can can use to share what they're thinking about and the stuff that they they've learned. Uh, and we've had like plenty of other like amazing speakers, uh, but we've always wanted to have sort of like an editorial voice of not just getting like any speaker but yeah. to actually like really think through like even thinking about like okay which speakers are we pairing together mm-hmm. so that it creates like a cohesive story yeah um and, like, and that's a lot of work like planning all of this and like there's a lot of people that you know had interesting things to say but we had to say no because it wasn't a fit um or even like we would meet them before and then they would seem like super interesting and then we're like awesome this this person like seems to know exactly like what what they want to talk about and then they arrive to the event and talk about like something completely (laughs) different and we're like but wait didn't you say you wanted to talk about that what Um, sometimes it turns out like for the best right like exactly and and you know what exactly (laughs) that's the best example but also Um, I think because we did the event in December where I had to make my own talk, I kind of like understood 100% <laughs> what, uh, what, what the stress is of doing, of, of, of literally spending, hour, like you said, 40 hours and, or plus uh, to, to make this event. So, and sometimes we, we would lose an, um, a speaker and then we're like, okay, fuck, what do we do? And then we'd, we would have to like, find a new speaker a week before the event so then this person would have to like come up with something interesting to say in a week Uh. which like i would never do Uh. and they would just accept and do it and you know damn people in montreal are just so fucking awesome and amazing and um yeah so we continue doing that and um i think when everything kind of like started to become like intense was when of course we were getting older <laughs> and 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 unfortunately um, unfortunately <laughs> and we kind of thought of of our life and and what we wanted to do in the next years and i remember specifically a day where we were kind of like not talking about it because we didn't want to address it until we had to address it so mm-hmm. so yeah i remember that that day where we went to a coffee shop and we talked about okay so where do we see Montreal design club in the the next years and where do we see each other in the next years and and all of that so yeah i think like for me around that time was just nothing was like really conscious at that point it was more like an unconscious just feeling or subconscious i guess is the the better word um but just like we had done so many events we had like it felt like we were running this like crazy sprint (laughs) um non-stop for and like for me like the journey has started like many many years ago at like a slower pace Mm -hmm. but then like I got there became and I was like, okay, let's go. Crazier and crazier. And I think like 
what made it cool and like working together is we would always like try to like one up each other and say like oh yeah we did that but like why why don't we do something even bigger and even bigger and even bigger um and i think at that point like frankly like i think i got burnt out like i just like the thought of organizing yet another event is like of the the little things you know we've talked about a lot of them um that are like small-ish like in and of themselves but like i started seeing them as like a giant mountain yeah of of work of worry of stress and i started honestly like getting kind of worried about the toll it took on like my mental and just like general health of like always feeling like you're on this like hamster wheel Mm -hmm. and there is never any end in sight because like you know every single month there has to be an event there has to be an event there has to be an event no stop all the time always and it just like got too much Mm -hmm. Um, and also during that time I was organizing um, Ottawa and Marseille Design Club and I was trying to keep my energy up because I wanted to make sure that like they knew that like they were important and like I was trying to put as much effort into um like Montreal Design Club that I was putting into Ottawa and Marseille Design Club making sure I'm mentoring them enough and also and you were trying to turn it into like a full-on business that could support like having employees so we could so I could put all my 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 time into that because I was kind of also also burnt out and then I was like okay well then if we're doing this we're doing this a hundred percent because I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put this much effort and not see actually something for me in this because at one point like you need you need something for yourself because if not you're working and you don't see like what you're doing totally and like the the amount of work you're doing it's like a second like full-time job basically yeah that's like entirely unpaid exactly and And then also like me and Kev like me and you we we knew exactly how to do an event but try to tell someone else what we do it's like we knew but we didn't know exactly so we had to also do like a real document of like okay this is how you do an event but even then we would do events and we're like oh yeah and you also need to do that oh and you also (laughs) and then Little things like that yeah. that I was trying to teach everyone. Yeah, to and, do that. and in a way, it's like I don't know if we want to get into some some of the learnings yet, but um, one of the things that I saw was we were sort of like trying to create a little bit more structure and allow more people to like come into the fold and like help us with organizing this, kind of like the way that you did when you jump on board. But A, like some of the things we've learned is like not everyone is you. (laughs) Um, And then two, it was such a like, it was so like in movement that it was hard to basically like change any of the foundation of it because we were like, we kept building, maybe I'm creating this like crazy analogy, but it's like we kept building the like more floors on top of our building, you know, and it was getting to like a giant like, skyscraper that was almost to like fall apart but then we could never like get all the way down and like fix the foundation mm-hmm. um so it'd be this kind of like you know getting like more and more weight on top until a point where it felt like 
okay, our foundation just like can't su- support it yeah. as much anymore. Yeah. And then, so uh, we got to the point where I think it was last December. I was, I was trying to make this happen and realized that uh, if I make this an, a company or something for me, at the end of the day, 95% of the job that I'm going to do is admin, is stuff that I really don't like doing, <sighs> and uh, just Like also not sponsorship. And all the sponsorship, all trying to always trying to get money from everyone and which was not the point of Montreal Design Club to begin with it was never to get money but at this point like I didn't know what to do and then I even uh, went back to school to try to learn like how to start a business and I even did like a Montreal Design Club business plan and I really tried my hardest until I saw that like it was it was becoming way more way way too complicated for me and I wasn't ready to put that effort and also I was burnt out like you but yeah. I wasn't in my head it was like no but I I put so much effort how how can I just let this go same yeah like I I feel like I still enjoyed the thing like I I love seeing people just like appreciate the event and like connect with other folks and it's just like I it was always clear to me like the sense of we've accomplished something special here and it's super unique and like this immense sense of proud of being able to create this thing but I also at the same time felt this immense sense of failure that if I stopped it that it's like I I'm not good enough to create something that can outlive me that like how can you like you've worked so hard at this and like this is what like you're getting back to our baby kev like this is what baby kev always wanted like this is what you wanted like why why do you not want it anymore like what's what's wrong with you like you should find a way to make it work like to you know and the same way like I feel like a lot of it it's like in my day-to-day job you know I'm a manager like, this is what I do like how how come you can't manage your own like goddamn event right like like you know I hire people I train people I like create you know do all these things and and yet I kind of couldn't make it happen in my own event yeah it was just like that was a hard feeling to like reckon with and I like, part of me didn't want to let it go of, like, hell no, you know? This, yeah. this is my baby. I, but at the, on the other hand, like, I think this is, this is what burnout is. Like, and I've never felt this really before to that extent. But it's like, I want to give more, but I can't. And yeah. all the things I used to love, I don't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like a burden that I'm carrying around. Yeah. Which is, like, such a, such a weird feeling like it's just it I always felt like I should do more but I also wanted to be like hey like I would love to just chill and not be under any deadline and not be worried about what are we gonna do next month like that is like such a huge like burden Mm. that I put on my shoulders it's just like I think also that that burden on your, on your shoulders is always is also a part of of the so, the society we live in where 
uh, being really busy is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, oh, we're, we're like super busy. We're doing super yeah. well. Oh my God. And then I, I, I remember I would look at my calendar and, and that's when like I, I started losing friends because literally the only thing I could talk about was Munchal Design Club. And, and when, when <laughs> I remember I had a friend that just wanted to grab coffee on the weekend and I told her, Okay, well, let me uh, send you a, a calendar invite so I can put you in my calendar uh, so I don't forget and, and, and make sure like I don't overbook you. And, and, and for me, it was... I also, do you remember, we also had a system where like you could like request a meeting with me and like my available time slots. Like that's just like how crazy Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I remember at that time I was like, okay, I'm being... I'm being Steve Jobs right now. <laughs> like I'm the best right now. I'm like super into right. it and and like I'm doing what I I I've always wanted. So this is this is perfect until I realized that uh, yeah it was it was a lot and mm -hmm. I was completely dead and um, and yes it's 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 important to like have you know. A, a career that you love and, and things that you love and projects that you love but like at, at some point you you also need some alone time and some some calm time and I think even right now when I think about COVID like I started doing things for like that I wouldn't I never thought I would do like mm -hmm. painting and stuff like that I'm like yeah. wow like a baking bread what uh -huh. um so so yeah that that really was intense and then also a last little point I remember in November and that was last November we started that was like the time when we started to feel like The, the burden of, of Munchal Design Club, it was kind of like mm -hmm. really stressful. And it was at that time that I was like, okay, well, either you do it or you don't. And I, I didn't have the, the, the strength to say like, okay, this is too much, take a break. So instead, I booked myself a ticket to go to Marseille <sighs> to prove to myself like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. You're fine. Just continue. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Marseille and I started, I helped um, Lucille, which I just have to say, you know, when you were talking about finding other us, <sighs> I found other us <laughs> for Ottawa and Marseille. Like I've never seen, well, I've, I've seen us, but like it was the first time that I saw like some people that were so dedicated and, and what we were doing and they were so passionate. So I remember being in Marseille and, and for me, it was the first time that I was a mentor and mentor. And it was the first time that I was trying to manage kind of like making sure that they understood Montreal Design Club and how it was and what we were for and the community we wanted to build and, and what was super important for us and everything that we build and why why certain things were like super, super, super important until I realized that I can't micromanage people. And that's just, you know, especially in Marseille, if they're in another country, <laughs> it's just the, the important, they look, I know that she, like Lucien knows exactly what she's doing, 
But I remember in Marseille, we were having a meeting for for the second event because we just made the first event and it was amazing. The, the first event was just outstanding. And uh, I remember we were having an, a meeting and I was just a part of the meeting, but I wasn't like in the meeting. And uh, I remember thinking, if I wasn't here right now, like the meeting would continue and everything <laughs> would be fine, which is weird because for months and months and months and months, it was just me and you yeah. doing events and no one else. And then finally I realized it's kind of like if we had a baby, the baby grew up <laughs> and now it kind of like flew away and it was in this phase like my brother is right now where it's like no no but i know what i'm doing don't you feel like it's kind of like we got some babies and then like they got adopted <laughs> it's like here you take care of our baby <laughs> they got adopted but in another like <laughs> another country and and, yeah. and another town and and they have other ways of thinking about design which is not the way Uh, that that we work in Montreal, which was a lot of, of accepting to do like, okay, well, of course we did it away, but it's okay if they're doing it, doing it another yeah. way. And so, yeah, and then you were in your phase of like, okay, I need to chill because I'm like super burnt out. And I yeah. wasn't ready to say no, like that I couldn't do it until until I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never, I've literally, like, I would hear people talk about burnout, like, very often. And I would always, it always seemed like this abstract thing to happen to other people. And I would, like, I always believed that, like, burnout is a real thing. Like, I've never questioned it or anything. But I was just like, yeah, it's kind of a thing that happened to other people. Like, I don't really know what it feels like. And this was my first time of, like, I'm gonna break. Like, Like, I can I can still keep going right now. Like, I can maintain kind of, like, what I have. But if I keep going, literally everything will stop. Like, yeah. nothing will be okay. Yeah. Um, there's one thing I, I'd love to touch on. Um, and I think it's, like, how sort of, like, work gets sort of wrapped into your own personal identity mm. of, like... I know on my part, I felt like this was such a huge part of, like, who I am. Like, I'm the person who organizes Design Club. And, like, there's one thing you, you said to me, and I, I want you to, like, dig a little bit into it. Which is, like, when we talked about it and that when we had that coffee, it's, like, uh, I think you told me, like, hey, I'm, I'm worried that if we don't do this event anymore, are we still going to be friends? Mm. I remember that. Oh my god. Well, because I felt that every time we would see each other, it was only to talk about Montreal Design Club. And I was like, well, we literally saw each other every single week for, um, well, more than two years. Yeah. So, like, are we gonna still be able to see each other without talking about Montreal Design Club? Or, like, are we gonna have things to talk about? Or, like, <laughs> do I even know you? <laughs> Which I do, but... Um, yeah, I think, uh, and also it, it got me thinking, uh, because I've lost through Montreal Design Club, I've, I've created friends that are super solid and I've also lost 
a lot of friends because of it. So it got me thinking, okay, who are my true friends? <laughs> and and made me like rethink everything about that. So, but how did you feel? Like you were probably like, of course we're gonna be friends. Yeah, I was. Of course we're gonna be friends. Come <laughs> on, like there's no way you've put up with me for this long <laughs> to like not be friends anymore. But yeah. um, but I do think that that there's like. I mean, I was pretty confident about it, but, like, if I'm honest, like, it did cross my mind of, like, yeah, like, what if we don't see each other as much anymore? Like, not that we wouldn't be friends, but, you know, like, the same way it's, like, you know, some people you see, say, in high school or in, like, other parts of your life or, like, past colleagues, and you, when you finish, like, you leave your job or whatever, you always say, like, oh, yeah touch we'll stay in touch like you know everything will still mm. be the same but it's not really the same yeah um well we definitely took a break because i think uh well of course covid happened yeah. like we saw each other when i came back from marseille and i had a lot to talk about and and like you've been kind of because because your job is actually to like manage people yeah. i was kind of like <laughs> managing Montreal design, um, Mon- well, Marseille, Montreal, and and Ottawa, and I was like, okay, look, you've been doing this for a while. Please help me because I can't do it. And you're like, I want to help you, but at this point, I I can't even like think about this because I like I'm I'm I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was kind of like, okay, well then I'm gonna try to do it by myself. But then it was kind of like losing a friend and losing my 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 like design club partner like Mm -hmm. well how am I gonna do this alone we've been doing this for two years together am I gonna even be able to do it alone like what are we gonna do and then I would see I would see like Lucille and 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 Izzy and I was like okay well make sure you have someone with you because you can't do this alone I'm telling you you cannot do this alone and then so in March I think we were like okay it's COVID perfect I needed to deal sh- with shit in my personal life because I was still like dealing with some questions about about my career like my own career my own projects in life like okay Munchal Design Club yes it's a part of me but like there's other things also in life and and I didn't even have time to see people and so I was like okay am I gonna like do Montreal Design Club for the rest of my life and then I'm gonna be 90 alone and like uh, yeah. <laughs> what's gonna happen no for sure so, and same yeah. for me like you know I had a boyfriend like at that time I just like you know wanted to also kind of enjoy life <laughs> yeah um, but that happened through Montreal Design Club yeah yeah exactly so I don't know it was just like a lot going on at the same time and um I miss it. Anyways. Talking about the, the... the. Oh, yeah. Like, one one of the things that I realized is, like, kind of my initial intention with Montreal Design Club, um, like, or, like, act- like, the problem I was solving with Montreal Design Club actually changed for me personally as I went through this. Because initially, my goal was to meet other like-minded people and connect with people that have like similar ideas similar passions and just like 
yeah, like create this sense of like, I'm not alone. Like I ha- there's other people like me. Um, and over the years, I got that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've met you. I've met like so many other wow. people. Yeah. Like probably if you're listening to this, I've met you. Like, you know, you're part of like helping me like know all sorts of like crazy talented designers and I'm like inspired by each and every one of you um and so it kind of felt like after all this time I kind of lost my purpose a little bit because it was not like oh I'm I want to like know and discover like cool designers in Montreal I was like I know so many amazing talented designers like I know them very well like some of them like very close friends with and it just kind of felt like I've lost sight of kind of like why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I knew why I was doing it for other people, but it's not quite the same. And after a while, it felt like the event was an excuse yeah. for for me to see my friend, you know, for me to see you, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just an excuse to do that. It was an excuse for me to like meet like or spend some time with some of my other designer friends it was an excuse to practice some of my design skills it was an excuse yeah. to like you know well for me it was get like, outside my comfort zone it was an, also an excuse to like meet your idols mm-hmm. <laughs> so totally. I've, I've met people that inspired me so much and I never in my life I thought like I would meet them and then you meet them in real life and you're like oh and you're awesome that's like <laughs> even more crazy <laughs> totally yeah but I think what I realized is maybe I don't need this excuse anymore like maybe I can just go directly to the source and like I want to talk with some cool inspiring designers like I can literally message them and do, you know, go see them directly. Mm. And, like, I think that kind of, I don't know, I just felt like after a while, like, I just, I was putting on too much of a, too much of a show, basically, like, too much effort to, like, to avoid kind of, like, going directly to the source and kind of getting what I wanted Yeah. in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think also same I, I would say it's also same thing for me and um, which in my life time I would never thought <laughs> I would never thought that I would say this right now that I've I've met uh, like a whole bunch of, of, of designers mm-hmm. that inspired me so much and yeah. that now are my friends <laughs> Yeah. So and it's weird. like that's we just say that not to brag you know because <laughs> I think like many people have found friends just like us like through mm. throughout the events um, but it's just to say that for us we've just maybe like lost sight a little bit of like what that initial purpose is and I think that's fine like we I am a firm believer that like we always grow and evolve mm. as people and I think the event in a way like also needed to evolved to kind of like reflect where we were um and i still like believe so strongly in like that original mission um but on the other hand i also felt like we were like i don't know getting maybe a little bit further away from what i initially set out to do or something like i the bigger we got it seemed like we started losing kind of like that essence of like hey, like, let's just, like, get together and be real with one another. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, where do you think we're at now? Yeah. Um, so, COVID, like you talked about it a little bit, like COVID kind of hit sort of at the quote-unquote right time. Yeah. Um, I, like, really hate saying that because, uh, obviously, like, I, please, like, COVID go away. Um, but I think it, like, sort it ended up being, like, a, a great excuse, I would say, for us to just be like, well, there's nothing we can do about it right now and no events are happening. And so, like, you know, we're just on hold indefinitely. Yeah. Um, and I think it was time for us to recharge our batteries and I think had been like super beneficial in a sense for me in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at now? I think part of us doing the podcast is trying to be a little bit more open and more vulnerable about these things where like we don't have, have it figured out. No. Like where am I going? I don't have a plan that is like, all right, step one, step two, step three, step four. Like, this is where things are going to go. Yeah. Um, and, like, before this, I probably would not have said anything until I had that plan. Mm-hmm. And now I think, like, and Cassie, you're definitely, like, you push me with this a lot and, like, keep challenging me and making me grow as a person. But, like, letting people in earlier and just like being real with with all of you about like hey this is what's going on like this is what we're going through like we don't know where this is gonna lead but this is how we're feeling um so what is it gonna mean for sure it's gonna mean changes like i don't see us going back to doing the same thing of like having an event every single month no um but i have to say uh that i love making podcasts it's like mm-hmm. one of the one of the projects that i actually enjoy and that doesn't take that much time to do um and it's it's you know having these conversations for me is just so relaxing it doesn't take a lot of organization it's just so fun and it makes me i have so much to say also mm-hmm. i love to talk also <laughs> but i have so much to say and and if i could If I could say in one podcast everything that I've learned through other people that I've met, mm-hmm. like I, I would do like a, a whole series <laughs> about it because people in, inspire me so much in design. Yeah. So definitely, I want to continue doing design, uh, doing podcast, and uh, it doesn't take a lot of time to edit. Also, now I've got it down to the T. <laughs> so now, and I also like... feel like um, that's something when we were doing meeting with the speakers, we would often feel like our conversation with them prior to the event was yeah. sometimes more interesting than the talk oh, itself. Yeah, because people could be more real, a little bit less polished, maybe, and like mm-hmm. we felt like we got to. Who they are as a person more than in a stage which is again like kind of gets back to this idea of like the format like it kind of like evolved from you know where it started with the the meetup but there are potentially other ways to achieve what we wanted to achieve yeah. um that are maybe a little bit more human that require a lot, a lot less stress 
maybe a little bit less time for us to to produce um and a little more meaningful i think yeah like having deep deeper conversations with with people that inspire us yeah um one of the things that's always been important to me is that montreal design club like yeah it's an event series but more importantly than that it's a community it's the people and so like montreal design club isn't over like montreal design club is all of us it's all of you yeah we're all like part of this thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and there's tons of different things you know that we can do with this community and ways that we can help people connect together and so i personally like i'm interested in like something we say often at shopify is falling in love with the problem not the solution so like doing a physical event is a solution to Mm -hmm. a problem but there can be many different types of solutions so i think the podcast is one i do still believe in the power of connecting people in real life Mm -hmm. uh and i actually like know this more than ever now that we're spending so much time meeting with people like on zoom or hangouts or on whatever um there's just something about me and i think other people like I'm a 3D person. <laughs> like, I can connect with someone so much better when I'm in person than through a screen. Mm. And so I think, like, you'll you'll probably see more events, like, other events from us in the future. Like, I don't think we're saying no to all events forever, but I think we want to do it maybe a little bit more on our own terms yeah. and do them when we feel like we have something to say mm. and make them like even more special in a way like not i don't want to make it a factory anymore mm-hmm. you know of like churning out like event after event and just making it like crafting these like little like bespoke kind of experience whenever that makes sense yeah. and in a way that like we all feel good about it and we can kind of like exercise our creativity Mm. rather than exercising the like you know endurance side of us mm. <laughs> basically i also want montreal design club not only to be us mm-hmm. like i don't want people to think of montreal design club oh kevin and Cass. it's right. it's way more than that like feel free to do exactly what we did and and what i mean is like feel free to to like you know now now there's there's way more resources like reach out to, to designers i know i was so scared of of reaching out to people until i did and i realized it's really not that bad and people normally are really open mm-hmm. um like i would love to grab coffee with whoever wants to talk about design with yeah, me same so like as long as it's like chill and you know now we can actually go in coffee shops so that's really cool i would love to to just have like relaxed conversations and that that's when i feel like the conversation are even more deeper and meaningful so yeah definitely um and also i just want to mention it doesn't change anything about Ottawa and Marseille Design Club they're still they're doing, killing it like they're, they're still doing their thing yeah. I'm I'm making sure that they know what 
um, what I've learned and what we've learned to make sure that they don't do the exact same thing as we did. <laughs> uh, but as the, at the same time, I'm still encouraging them to like go like a hundred percent in what they, they want to do. And like, yeah. I, I know for a fact that like Izzy, um, has like, she's, she's been wanting to do uh, a magazine for so long. And this is like the, the best oppor opportunity to do it. And like, I know for a fact that we would have, we, we had the idea, but we would have never actually done it because it's <laughs> just not, I don't know. How do we say, how do we say it? it's just not our, our forte. <laughs> I don't know. We're good at a lot of things, but like writing big text is not our. Yeah, I like kind of hate writing. I'm good at so. I'm good at captions, but that's pretty <laughs> much it. Um, so yeah, and I think that's cool. Like that's always what I wanted is get people involved with the project that have their own unique take. And so I think you were the same. Like when we started working with um, Izzy and Lucille, we were like don't try to do things the way that we do them yeah. like tr do them in your own way and like the communities that you're part of are different and you're gonna have different ideas and honestly probably better ideas than we do and i think like we're kind of seeing that like i love what they're doing you know with the the zine i love what they're doing like um they were doing the instagram takeovers with the stories yeah. just like great ideas like and and like, you I would, still did, I would look like, at amazing it. events too. Totally, yeah. Insane. They did like, didn't they do like a design week kind uh, yeah. of thing? Like, Which it's just like lots of cool crazy. ideas. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, like this is super awesome and I love it. And like, you know, some, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe we copy some of them yeah. <laughs> that sometime. But, um, and you know what? This time, like Lucille, instead of, of doing like us where we, like just did did like if we would have done a design week we would have done everything just you and me and that's it <laughs> and she literally surrounded herself with amazing people who could help her and i think we just thought like oh you know what it's just gonna be easier if just if we do it we know we're gonna do it like the right way and we know it's gonna be perfect the way we do it but at the same time when you let other people do it Sometimes it's not going to be perfect, but it's still going to be something pretty good. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and... Um, if you're still listening to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening first. <laughs> but um, also, like, if you're kind of like, oh, like, yeah, I kind of miss it. Or, like, I wish I could have, like, gotten involved, like, when, you know, we were, in, like, yeah. recounting those times and kind of feel like maybe you missed out or, like there's still like a need that you wish were filled in the community. Um, I mean, I didn't run it in front, in front of you before cast, but like, I would say like, you know, you can like, feel free to reach out to us. Um, like I'm, I'd love to see like how we can empower other people to lead their own things. Yeah. Um, and it can be like part of or under Montreal design club or design club in general. Um, But, like, I would love, like, to, like, my dream, basically, would be that Design Club is this sort of um, community of, like, organizers, of people that have these ideas, these dreams. So, like, maybe you're a person that's like, hey, I love, you know, I don't photography. know. Photography. Photography. And I'm like, I want to do photo walks, and I don't really have a community. I don't really know, you know, how to connect with those people. Like, you know 
talk to us and like maybe you can be the organizer for like the photography chapter of design club and like you own it we can give you like some of our resources what i can't promise is i can't promise i will like organize this event for you like that's not gonna happen we can give you tips but there's a lot of (laughs) stuff like yeah like we're i think we're at a stage where we can like spend more time like mentoring people Mm. rather than doing it ourselves um know what you're getting into though like you know we've talked about a lot of like our challenges and mistakes in some cases um so i think it's good to set some boundaries maybe Mm. better than we did um but yeah like i'd love for this to be sort of like a kind of like a in a way like you know those like startup incubators like we can be like a community incubator basically like help like other people's voices shine Mm -hmm. and help them organize their own things whether that's like you know i want to create a social media thing or i want to create a zine or i want to create you know name it um i think that would be really awesome and that would mean a lot to me Mm -hmm. to see like other people kind of take that idea and like keep pushing it and taking it in their own ways yeah um even as like you and i you know maybe we like take a bit more of a step back in the next couple of months um and i think that's okay too like you know one question i had for you is maybe like what what do you take away from all of this experience like you know what are you how do you feel about it like now that like we've like talked about all of this like where where do you sit with it like how are you feeling about it um so definitely there's things that i've learned a lot and um I think if I could talk to my baby cat, <laughs> I would say that um, like it doesn't really matter the title you have in a job. It doesn't really matter what you do. It doesn't even matter exactly where you are in design or if you're even changing from graphic to web design or web design to UX design or whatever, or even even if you're like in architectural design, we're still going through probably um, the same things and, and the same, like everyone goes through imposter syndrome at least once. And, and everyone goes through the same, the same stress of, of trying to get a job and trying to do like a spending hours on portfolios. And we're all at the end of the day humans. And it's not, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that no one is unreachable. Literally, specifically in Montreal, reach out to people. Because you'll be surprised how much people will respond so well. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, great community, and um, yeah, thanks everyone. Like, I, I don't know. I hope this doesn't like sound negative. Like, I'm it's not. I'm excited. I'm still excited about it, and I'm like, I feel much better um, than like where I was. You know. Um, Can I just and, say two mm-hmm. seconds that I'm so. I also saw you grow as a person, like through <laughs> through Montreal Design Club, and I I can't believe because I remember at the beginning, like 
you you didn't really want to show a lot of your emotions and now you're like super vulnerable so for me it's like <laughs> holy shit it's so cool to see you like that and and i think it just changed you for the better but just <laughs> thanks so happy well you know you were a huge part of like getting me to open up a little bit more in, in that way and like yeah i think there's just like so many so much growth that i've gotten out of this experience like we were talking before this and i was like I would still do it like exactly the same yeah. if I had to start over, you know, like I like I'm so glad that I've got to live all these experiences. I did all these crazy things, you know, that I never thought I would do. Yeah. Um, and it pushed me like way past outside of my comfort zone. And like, I'm really proud of like how long I was able to like actually do this. Like this is, you know, pretty significant. Uh, but I also know that I'm kind of at a stage where I need to, like, stop certain things to make room for other opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, like, stay tuned, you know. Who knows where we're, we're going to take things. And, again, like, this is not us, like, saying, like, hey, goodbye. Like, we're not doing anything ever no. again. It's like, hey, we're, like, we're going to do things on our own terms. And... We're going to allow other people to take the lead in some areas. We're going to continue fighting for the community and, like, helping connect people in our own in our own way. Mm. And, like, if, like, you're, you know, aligned with that mission and want to do your own things, like, let us know. We want to help you in whatever way we can. Um, yeah, and bring so, more yeah. diversity. Cause... Totally, big time. Yeah. Because also, like, some. that's that's another part, like, that's so true. Like, you know, I'm curious to see another person's take, you know, on, mm-hmm. like, how to create communities. Like, we need to make room for, like, the, that next generation of people who has all these crazy ideas, like yeah. Baby Cass and Baby Kev had. Um, and, yeah, I'm just so excited to see where this is going to go. Oh, my God. I feel, like, so good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways. So thank you, and uh, we'll see you soon. I've, I have, like, podcasts ready, so yeah. I'm in that role for now. So, yeah. Totally, we'll be, yeah. You'll definitely hear me soon. Yeah. And to answer your questions, yes, we're still friends. We're still very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, I will see Cass also, like, you yes. know, very, very frequently. Yes. Um, but it... Probably won't always be recorded, and we definitely won't talk about events all the time. I've been wanting to talk about these things for a a long while, and my cat is taking a dump right now. Really? You're going to do this now? Really? Right next to my podcast. Okay, well then I'm going to start this over.